You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 14. In this episode, I'm doing on-air coaching with Jana Scharfenberg. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today I'm doing on-air coaching with Jana Scharfenberg, who is in my Samba program. Jana has created a signature online program and now wants to scale it without losing quality of the program. Jana is in what I call stage four of seven stages of a profitable online business. Find out what stage your business is in by signing up for the free training that you will find in the show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash 14. So I am here with Jana Scharfenberg. Thank you so much for being so brave to volunteer for the on-air coaching call. Hello, Sigrun. It's an honor for me to be here with you. You are in the Samba program, and I posted in the group that Samba clients had the opportunity to do this with me here. And we are going to work on a one challenge, a specific challenge that you have in your business right now. But before we dive into the challenge, please describe a little bit your current business situation. Mm-hmm. Well, I just started to run my online business two years ago and I already have a few little courses and I just started to have my one big signature course. It's having the first run now and my specialty is I'm a medical doctor. So my online courses are all around uh, holistic health, nutrition, yoga and Ayurveda. And in my signature course, It's a teacher program. So I teach yoga teachers how to integrate the Ayurvedic studies in their yoga classes. And my big challenge at the moment is the first run is going very well, but the first course is still very personal. So I really handpick the people. I have personal calls with them included to really see what they need. But the next time I kind of, you know, want to make it more a little bit bigger and also kind of save time and not do so many things one-on-one. But I'm a bit afraid that the course, because it's including medical things, it's including um, teaching stuff, that the course will lose its quality because I cannot really kind of talk to everybody in control or see if they really get the teaching right. Okay, so yeah, this is a great topic to bring up. And first of all, congratulations for having created your signature course. Thank you. <laughs> How many are in this first round of the signature course? 35 people. 35, okay. So it's still, yeah, it has some scale, but it's not like hundreds of people yet. And you would like yeah. to bring it to hundreds of people in the future. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the plan, okay. yeah. Good. The first thing is probably your own mindset. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I have, for instance, done a MBA program at a top MBA school and there were 69 people in the class and I did not get one-on-one tension with a teacher. And still, this is considered one of the best educations you can get. Okay. Yeah. So it could be more in your mind. Could be, 
This is one suggestion. It could be more in your mind that only if they talk to you and you check their work, then it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's for me less, it's not really controlling, you know, if they get it right or if they do it the way I do it. This is, I have the feeling not really the point. It's more like this critical thing because it's uh, in the health field, you know, where you have so much responsibility when you bring things either to your patients or to your yoga class, that it's just really important that people are well-educated. So I kind of see it more at the, as the responsibility thing. Okay, let's, ignoring your signature course, but just talk about education in general. How do we normally ensure that people have learned what they're supposed to learn? I think there are a few different ways. Either you get their feedback or you have kind of homework or tests or something like that. In most cases, you would test them, you would assess them and you would assess them to the way that if they have done their homework, if they've done everything they were supposed to do, they probably fly through the assessment, right? So that is easily scalable. How would you do that? I mean, if you do, if you give them homework, you probably have to check all the homework you get back from them again. Oh, there are, there are ways to do it. Okay. So one way, this is several years ago already, that there was this massive, several platforms came up online where you could get high quality courses from universities around the States online for free. And they started to test these platforms. And one of those platforms, because I don't remember all the names, but I remember Coursera and it still exists. And it was totally free. And you would get, I took an MBA class in gamification from an MBA school, Wharton, I think. And it was the teacher and the teacher was there on video and there was homework assignments. And how did they do it? How did they go over my homework with thousands of students? Well, I got a homework. I got the solution to the homework and I had to check somebody else's homework. And I had to check three people and obviously somebody else checked me. And the first time around, this was an eight-week course, and the first week, I must say, I got some really bad students because I was like, did they even read the question? How can the answers be so horrible? So it was really, really bad. And I gave them obviously a bad grade because they didn't answer the question. But as the course, you know, gradually moved along, I got better and better students because I think as I... You know, I had done the homework, so I was getting good grades. I was going up, so I was getting students more around my own qualifications. Uh, not qualification in that sense, but let's say my level of expertise. So let's say the grades were ABC. I'm just making this up. So if in the first week I got students with the grade C and I was correcting their homework and I felt like, oh, this is wasting my time. The week after I got maybe people that were getting B. And maybe in the third week, I was actually correcting people where I felt like, oh, this is even a better answer than that I gave. So I was learning more by also correcting other people's homework. That's how you scale it. Now, this is maybe not the final, final exam. So if you want your course to have some kind of a certification at the end, the final test, that should be corrected by a teacher. It could still be like this way, but you know, you could potentially cheat in this way and I'll pay someone off and give me a good grade. But the final assessment where you get the certification. So what Coursera has done and many other platforms, they offer still courses for free. But if you want the certification at the end that you've completed the course, that costs. Super smart. 
very smart way. So this is a way for you to scale. You could even say to someone, hey, my course is, I'm just making this up, $2,000, eight week or 12 week signature course, and I'll teach you anything about holistic health. Yeah, health and Ayurveda. So they go through this course and it's a certain price and they have to correct each other homework, right? But you could have a certification at the end that is a VIP or, a, you know, another option. Not everyone needs a certification, you know what I mean? It's some people just want to kind of like, hey, I'm already in this field. I know a lot. Now I just want to do this extra course and get some additional information. Do I need a certification? Nah, not and there are others who really need it. Maybe they don't have any other certifications, so they really want it, and then they're willing to make that extra investment. Okay, yeah. So like this, I would also have two options for this signature course, right? One which is where I can offer the certification and it costs more, and the other one which is a bit more low-grade in the sense that you don't get the certification, but the knowledge is the same you access in both ways. Is that yeah. correct? Okay. Yes. So you have to tell people that this is how it works. So they're not like disappointed. Oh, I have to, you know, check somebody else's homework. You have to explain this is the way the course is put together. It also enhances your learning when you correct somebody else's homework. Another way or even an additional way to not, you know, take more of your time is to train people within the course. Take your best students and say, Are you willing to be my co-coach on this course and I'll pay you to correct homework? Mm -hmm. That's also a very good idea, I would say. Yeah. You could even say per student you get this fee. So let's say maybe it's not a lot of work for them, but it's still you feel it's someone you trust. In that way, you are scaling. You're just making other people do your job. And if they have been good students, you trust them. Yeah. So some ideas... Yes, I think these are very good ideas, especially like the one with the co-coach. <laughs> and I think yes. maybe you can even, I also like the other idea, you know, that you see the homework of others, because as you said, you can learn so much from other people's work. Maybe mm. even a mixture is possible, you know, in the beginning, they check each other's homework. And if it's going more to the end, to the certification, we could do the co-coach thing. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, I don't know how active you are. I guess you have a Facebook group and there are ways to be visible and approachable as a coach or a leader of what, you know, in your community without answering every single question. And how do I do that? <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, I was wondering if this could be one of the issues around the scalability. It's a very common issue if you start with a small group and 35 is still manageable. Somebody tags you and you, as the teacher and coach, you're eager to give an answer. But think about 3,000 people being in your program. You would go crazy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you have to start to think of the boundaries you want to put in place before you launch this the next time. And even if you, let's say you have now 35, let's say next time you have 60. So it's kind of like, oh, it's still manageable. I can still answer everybody's question. Well, you have to train yourself. The problem lies with you and not with them. You create the boundaries and you allow people to treat you in a certain way. And if tagging you is the way I get an answer. I will tag you. 
But if there is a way to get an answer in some other way, and I feel that is satisfactory, then that's totally fine. And nobody will think, oh, she doesn't answer my questions. One way is to do it like I do in Somba. I have this weekly office hour post, and then I go on Facebook Live, and I answer all the questions that have been posted in this post. The time has not come yet where I don't have time to answer all the questions. Like the, the, the list is not that long. If that ever happens, I would have an assistant summarize questions. So let's say I would have 100 questions for the weekly office hour. Obviously, answering 100 questions is going to make my Facebook Live way too long and nobody wants to watch it. So it's not also, also not in a benefit of the audience. And I would always try to keep it max to an hour. Half an hour is even better, but max an hour that weekly office hour. You could have an assistant go in and summarize the questions. Kind of like, let's say there are three, four people probably asking the same question, but they always kind of specify it in their own way. They don't see it as the same question necessarily. Starting something like that and being visible, like showing up in the group, making a post, going on Facebook Live, that makes you approachable, makes you likable, you know, you're one of them. But at the same time, there could should be a rule about, you know, people cannot just tag you. You have a community manager, and if there's anything they need, they can tag that person. And I'm in the lucky position now. I feel even if somebody will tag me just on a random post, some other member of Samba will come along and say, you have to post it in the weekly office hour. <laughs> <laughs> so you get the community helping you to watch your own boundaries. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. otherwise, if you are going to cater to everyone needs and every tagging, your program needs to cost five times more or 10 times more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a fair point. Yeah. And yeah. it's so true that I have to set the boundaries. It's a, yes. a very, very good thing you said there. <laughs> <laughs> it's like raising children or raising dogs, you know, it's you now we set the boundaries and if we allow them, you know, allow anything to happen, that anything will happen. Mm-hmm. And if you set boundaries, it's the same as with promotional posts. We know they're pretty annoying in groups. It's just the setting that boundary that's not allowed, then there's no exceptions. And some people will not like it and they will be a bit iffy about it. But, you know, if the rules are clear and you can just always point to the rules. So I think one process of your sign up, you know, when people sign up for your next round, even before they go into the Facebook group, for instance, these boundaries are clear. I just joined a program recently where I thought it was super smart. In the email I got, in the confirmation email, there was a link, uh, join the Facebook group. And I thought it would go straight to Facebook. No, it went first to a page that explained the rules of the Facebook group and the boundaries, basically, of that person. Like, you know, the tagging and promotion and all that stuff. Or the weekly office hour, if you want to do that. And I had to put in my name and agree to the rules and enter. And then I got the link to the Facebook group. Oh, that's very smart. Yeah, that's a very good option. I thought that was super cool too. Yeah. So do you have an idea how you would like to do it next time based on this discussion? Yes, I have a few very good takeaways from that, that, you know, have a co-coach and do this homework thing and also with the boundaries. I mean, I think I already do that with the boundaries, but have that even more As you said, when you have more people, and this is definitely the point, have more people, but not losing the quality. I think if I adapt these things, should go pretty smooth. (laughs) Yes. You know, your key question was that the quality of the course doesn't go down and it will not go down. You care so much about your clients. 
obviously, because you asked this question, that you will not make it go down. And there are very scalable programs out there that use co-coaches or, you know, go over other people's homework or additional cost for certification that ensures that the quality is really, really high. So I am excited to see you implement these things. Yes, thank you so much for your help and I will surely do that. <laughs> yeah, keep in touch and thank you for being one of the volunteers on the On Air Coaching. Thank you so much for giving me this option. Thank you, Sukrun. Through my own entrepreneurial journey and by training thousands of online entrepreneurs, I've identified seven stages of a profitable online business. Get free access to the seven stages training videos and the show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash 14. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe, and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.